Amen. I would like you to stand with me and we're going to pray, but we're going to do something a little bit different. I want to start off this sermon today by having us pray a prayer of repentance. And I don't say that because I have some demonstrative word of knowledge that the Lord has given to me about you or your life. But David, the man after God's own heart, when he was writing one of his repentant songs or psalms, it's the 51st Psalm, he says this, he says, My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart you, God, will not despise. There's something about when you and I come to the Lord with a repentant heart, And with the heart that says, Lord, it is me standing in the need of prayer today. And we say, Lord, I want to empty myself out of everything that would be contrary to your word. And I want to be open to everything you want to speak to me through your word today. That God will not despise that. He will not turn away from that. But he, in fact, will be attracted to that. And I just want to to speak over somebody's life today and tell you what the word of God says. Not what Tim Gaddy says, but what the word of God says. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So perhaps in the next few moments as we begin to lift our voice in a repentant prayer, the Lord's going to bring some things to our minds. Maybe an attitude, some kind of... uh, Habit, something that we've been struggling with and failing in. But you know what? If we ask God to forgive us for it today, the word says he will forgive us. And we can receive that forgiveness if we ask him to forgive us. Repentance means to turn. And so let's do that in prayer right now. Before we read one scripture, before I get into the word, would you pray with me right now? Individually. This is an individual prayer right now. God, I'm coming to you. Humbly, I'm asking every man and woman in this room to pray this with me right now. God, I'm coming humbly before you on this Sunday morning. And I'm asking you to search me. Search Tim, Lord. See if there is any wickedness in me today, Lord. Know my heart and know my thoughts. I pray that at the very outset of this message, Lord, that you would create within me a clean heart. And you would renew within me a right spirit, O Lord. God, I pray that you would forgive me of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Lord, perhaps there are sins that I have committed, things I've done that I shouldn't have done. Forgive me for that today, Lord. God, things that I, I shouldn't have done, but I did them, or things that I did out of ignorance, Lord, I pray that you would forgive me for that as well. I ask, Lord, for forgiveness. I repent this morning, Lord. I want to stand in your presence openly and honestly right now, Lord, so that you can take the remainder of this service and with a clean heart, do something in my spirit that your word can only do. I thank you, Lord. We receive your forgiveness right now. We cling to your word that says if we ask you to forgive it, you will forgive it, Lord. And we say it with our mouth right now. We receive your forgiveness. And we cling to that, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. And everybody, would you say amen? Amen. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm going to ask us if we would. We don't have a problem with this, so I'm not pointing anybody out. But I'm going to ask us if we would just to maintain the sacredness of this sermon time today. And 
please limit the going in and out of the sanctuary unless absolutely necessary, and I appreciate that in advance. Today I will preach to this congregation on the importance of water baptism. There are two landing places for this word that I will preach today. First, there will be some that this sermon will serve as a reaffirmation of an action that you took previously to be water baptized in agreement with the way the word of God declares and teaches. And we have a responsibility to teach the truth about God's word when we make disciples. That is our responsibility. It is my responsibility as a father to teach the truth of God's word to my children. And then there are those perhaps in this room today who have not been water baptized according to the Bible. God's word is meant to instruct and bring clarity on this all-important subject. As I prayed for this sermon this morning throughout this week, I asked God, I asked him something that I ask him often. And I said, God, I'm asking, would you share with me what you want to do in the service on Sunday morning? Now, at risk of that sounding like an arrogant request, at risk of that sounding like a prideful request, I did not ask God so that I could with pomp and arrogance say, I've heard from the Lord today. But there is a precedent in Scripture that when God decides to do something, he tells people ahead of time. Now, this is in the Bible. When, when there was going to be this immaculate conception of the Christ child, he spoke to Joseph, and he said, Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, because she is going to be overshadowed by the Holy Ghost, and that which is conceived in her will be a saving child. The Lord speaks ahead of time. He would declare ahead of time. Do I know everything, every little dotting of an I and crossing of a T that the Lord will ever do? No, that's why he's God and I am not. But I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what do you want to do in our midst on Sunday morning? And I felt in prayer like there are at least four people who are going to be open today to being water baptized in the name of Jesus. Now, I told our pastor's prayer team there was a time in my life when I would have shied away from making that kind of statement. Because now, we're on the clock. Now that you say it, we're having to kind of judge things. I don't know how God will work. I don't know everybody that's watching on our webcast today. I literally talked to people from around the world this week who are watching webcast regularly of this church. I don't know the scope of everything that God will speak today, but I do believe that there are people who will hear this word that are open for what God has for them when it comes to water baptism and what that means. If you agree with me on that and you would just come alongside that and say, I believe that, Pastor, would you just clap your hands with me right now? Amen. So let me ask a question. How many of you here in some way have been water baptized in the past? Would you raise your hand? Some of you were baptized in a lake, a river. Anybody baptized in an ocean? Wave at me if you were baptized in an ocean. 
How about something not as snazzy as that baptistry? Anybody baptized in a horse trough? A swimming pool? How many of you were baptized when you were much younger than you are right now? How many of you were baptized as an adult? Would you raise your hand? How many were baptized, if you were baptized some way in, in their past, how many of you were baptized and the water was warm? And it begs the next question, too. How many of you were baptized and the water was very cold? God love you. What truly matters this morning is that we are baptized according to the Bible. And so my goal right up front this morning. You're not going to have to go to lunch today and say, I don't really, really know exactly what pastor was trying to say. I'm going to make it real plain. My goal on this Sunday morning in this sermon is I want you to be water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Very clear. Very clear. Now, Inherent within our culture right now is an understanding that cleansing is very important. There's something that I saw when I came in the building very early this morning that I see every Sunday when I come in this building. And it's something that we see more and more and more and more of, that kind of stuff. Hand sanitizer. It is everywhere. Somebody at Purell is making a killing. Now, I don't know if you've thought this stuff with me with this pandemic that's gone on. Somebody at Purell has already retired last year. Somebody at Zoom is an uber millionaire right now. But there is inherent within our culture right now the need for cleansing. And in many cases, feeling as though cleansing is absolutely necessary. The subject of baptism and washing has very strong historical significance. When you and I open up our Bible, we will not go many pages at all, and we will come across a piece of furniture that was used in the worship of the Lord in the Old Testament, and it was simply called the bronze laver. The bronze laver. It was used for washing, and it was used for cleansing. And hear me today, it was absolutely necessary. It was not optional. Exodus chapter 30, verses 17 to 21, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, you shall also make a laver of bronze with its base also of bronze for washing. You shall put it between the tabernacle of meeting and the altar, and you shall put water in it. For Aaron and his son shall wash their hands and their feet in water from it. When they go into the tabernacle of meeting, or when they come near the altar to minister, to burn an offering made by fire to the Lord. They shall wash with water, lest they die. So they shall wash their hands and their feet, lest they die. And it shall be a statute forever to them, to him and his descendants throughout their generations. It is inherent in Scripture, the need, the absolute necessity of cleansing. I want you to notice what the Lord spoke through Moses. He said, make sure Aaron and his sons know that if they're going to go into the tabernacle of meeting, or if they're going to come 
to the altar to minister, they must wash first. And they must wash lest they die. Now that does not sound optional to me. I would want to make sure that I'm very clean if I'm going to go in that tabernacle or if I'm going to come to that altar to minister. Why? Because cleansing was absolutely necessary. And Moses said it's not just necessary for Aaron and it's not just necessary for Aaron's sons, but it is necessary from generation to generation to generation to generation. There must be cleansing. Hear me today, cleansing is a big deal in the Bible. Cleansing is not optional in the Bible. Cleansing is not just a nice habit in the Bible. It is absolutely necessary. Then we come to a piece of furniture uh, of cleansing, a Jewish cleansing pool called a mikvah. You will see that on the screen. It's found in Jeremiah chapter 17 when the Lord himself is called the mikvah of Israel. It spoke of a collection of water. The first time that this word is used is in the very first chapter of the Bible when the scripture says, let the waters be gathered together unto one place. In Jewish tradition, they prioritize these pools of water as necessary for cleansing. And it was an obligatory immersion as part of conversion to Judaism. If you were going to convert to Judaism, you had to go by the mikvah, that right there. You had to go down into the mikvah. You had to be immersed in the mikvah. You couldn't just show up and call yourself a Jew without stopping by the mikvah. It was part of what the Lord had set in the heart of his people. And then there was this man named John. John is one of my heroes in the Bible. John the Baptist. Just so you know, that does not refer to Southern Baptist. That does not refer to Missionary Baptist. He is not called John the Baptist because of denomination. He is called John the Baptist because truly he was John the Baptizer. And he practiced baptism. He preached baptism. He challenged people with baptism. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11, the scripture says people were baptized of John in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. I want you to notice this. This baptism by John was an acknowledgement of sin which foreshadowed Jesus' ministry of remission of sins. If we look at this scripturally, we will find that everything John the Baptist did spoke of something greater that was coming. And he said, in order for you to be open to the greatness that Jesus will bring, you must confess your sins through this baptism. It was a, sin, a baptism uh, unto confession of sins. But he said, there's one coming after me, and he's going to do what I cannot do. I'm just preparing the way. I'm just getting the way ready for this Jesus. And when he comes, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Someone asked me one time, how come you talk a lot about baptism? I talk a lot about baptism because I believe baptism is necessary. Now I'm going to get ahead of myself, but I feel it to go ahead and go. Baptism in the Bible is not just an identification with a local church. 
Baptism in the scripture is not just something I do to join New Life in Cabot. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that it is an eternity issue. It is a salvation issue. That's not me saying that, that's the scriptures. And I'll show you that here in just a few moments. Baptism, water baptism identifies with Jesus Christ's death and his burial. The old person is buried and they become ready for new life. Paul spoke of this when he wrote to the Romans in Romans 6 and 3. Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. When you and I are water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, we identify with the death of Jesus and we identify with the burial of Jesus. But I'm so thankful that that, that terminology is not foreign to many in this room because Jesus did die and Jesus was buried, but Jesus didn't stay in that grave. And if you and I will identify with his death through water baptism, and we will identify with his burial through water baptism, just as Jesus rose up out of that grave, there is a new life that is coming. There is a resurrection power that is coming. We talk about it often. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Water baptism saves. It's necessary. It is a salvation issue. Now let me just make sure we're clear on this. Is water, is water baptism pastor and identifying with the church? Yes. Here's why. Because if you come at the close of this service or at some time and you are water baptized in this tank, it could be said you were baptized at New Life Church in Cabot. That wasn't meant to be tricky, by the way. So is it identifying with the local church? Yes, because it happens here. Is it an act that declares my desire to follow Jesus? Yes. I don't believe anybody, no matter how you were baptized, did it flippantly or did it just out of a whim, or kind of just for fun, or just because you saw someone. I believe no matter how people were baptized. Hey, let me just make sure you know that. This pastor's not standing on this platform today preaching baptism in the name of Jesus, saying that if you were baptized some other way than in the name of Jesus Christ, I think that you weren't serious about that. But I have an absolute obligation to rise up and declare what this word says. And this word calls us to baptism. And this word declares that baptism is administered in the name of Jesus Christ. So it isn't identifying with the local church. It is a desire to follow after Jesus, but it is more than that. It's necessary. It's a covenant. It's not just a ceremony. It's a commitment. It's a declaration before one and before all that we are proclaiming who we love the most. It is a farewell to an old way of living. It's a new path, no longer going our own separate way, but now following him. Let me prove it to you scripturally. It was Jesus that said in Mark chapter 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. That's not Tim's words, that's the words of Jesus Christ. 
It was Peter that wrote in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 20, God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through, through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. People stood before Peter when he was preaching at the day of Pentecost, and they were guilty because of the fact they had killed Jesus. They were guilty and convicted, and in their guilt, they looked at Peter and said, we are guilty as charged by what you are preaching. What do we have to do? And Peter said, I'll tell you, in response to your question, how you get free from the guilt and the shame, repent. This is in your Bible, Acts 2, verse 38. Repent. That's what we did just a few moments ago. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is to you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. When you and I study baptism, we will also study out that baptism is something that is a response in faith. In Acts chapter 16 and verse 30, uh, the disciples have encountered the Philippian jailer. The Lord has busted the, the jailhouse open when they begin to pray and sing at midnight. And the jailer that was, was bound to keep them is now wanting to commit suicide because he has let them go. And, and when they realized this, they brought him out and here's what he said to them in Acts chapter number 16 and verse 30. Sirs, those of you that were just bound and now you're free by the power of God, what must I do to be saved? Watch this now. So they said, Acts 16 and 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your household. Watch the next verse. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. Watch this. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. It is easy if we are not careful to cherry pick a verse and go just to verse number 30 and say, well, here's what this word says. 31 says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. But the, the disciples kept teaching him right there. The disciples kept giving him the word right there. If you want to know how to be safe, let me teach you right now. And when he taught them, the Bible says immediately, they were baptized, and all their family. Now, I don't know if you've noticed this, but we got a big baptistry. I don't know if, how many of you new folks have been over to the chapel where our old baptistry is. You can put one person comfortably in that baptistry. You can baptize a whole family in this baptistry. Now, we'll have to probably do it one at a time unless we've got multiple baptizers. But y'all can be in the tank all at the same time. We didn't know it was going to be that big. Brother John will tell you, when that baptistry showed up in this building, I was traveling, they texted me a picture, and they said, we can't get it in the door. It took like 12 people to get that baptistry in the door. 
And they're tilting it and moving it and putting it on rollers and finagling with it. And there was great rejoicing when the baptistry finally made it in the building. And when I saw the size of it, I saw some of you. And I saw you and your family being water baptized in that tank. I saw you and your wife, your husband, your child having the name above every other name, the name of Jesus called over you in baptism and coming up to walk in newness of life. I thank God for the power that is in baptism. I thank God for what it does when we are baptized. Jesus said to Nicodemus, unless you are born of water and of spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. I'd say today, let's take that word of Jesus and be born of the water by being water baptized in his name. In his name. See, biblical water baptism, according to Scripture, is administered in the name of Jesus Christ. Paul himself was instructed by Ananias, according to Acts chapter 22. And when he is giving testimony to those in Jerusalem, he said this, Ananias looked at him, and this is where you have to understand this beyond just Acts chapter 9, because in Acts 9, it doesn't go into this exhaustive detail, but in Acts 22, it does. When Ananias is told by the Lord, go and talk to Paul, Saul, in Acts 22, it says that Ananias looked at him, this man, and said, arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. When it says calling on, it refers to a pronouncing of the name of God. It's not just a putting someone underwater and thinking it. It is calling on the name of the Lord. It is pronouncing the name of God. This is why in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, when the audience was Jewish people, the clear call was to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. In Acts chapter number 8 and verse 16, when the audience was Samaritans, the message was the same. Be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Philip had preached to them, and yet they had not been baptized yet in the name of Jesus. In Acts chapter 19 and verse 5, when the audience was not Jews and not Samaritans, the call was the same. The Bible says they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Paul told the Colossian church in Colossians 3 and 17, whatever you do, in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Baptism, by pronouncing the name of Jesus Christ, is the only way people were water baptized initially in the church age. Now, I am preaching to people who many of you raised your hands a few moments ago and said, I've been baptized. And I hope I've already established my point is not to ridicule that. But I do want to make sure we know something from the Bible. Rebaptism in the name of Jesus Christ has scriptural precedent. 
In Acts chapter 19 and verse 1, the Ephesian believers were encountered by Paul. He said, have you been baptized? They said, yes, we've been baptized. But it was not administered in the name of Jesus. They were walking in what they had knowledge and revelation of to that point. And yet when Paul declared the word more clearly to them and added to what God had given them knowledge of, the Bible says in the book of Acts, chapter 19 and verse number 5, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So I am not here on Sunday morning to make people feel bad. I am here to invite somebody right now. I am here to say, why not be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins? If Jesus said it's necessary, I think that's pretty important. I also want to address this because I think it's, it's worth addressing. In about 30 years, and actually over 30 years of ministry now, when I've talked to people about water baptism, some have asked me an honest question. What does my baptism today, if I get baptized today, what does that mean in regards to my loved ones who have gone on before me and they were not baptized this way? What does that mean? And you know what? That's an honest question. Here's what I would say today. You and I, when we stand before God, will stand before him individually. We will be held accountable for what we heard. It is not spitting on the grave of a loved one. And forgive me for being crass, but I want to go ahead and address this because I've had people ask me this before. It is not some uh, mark of, of uh, inferiority toward your loved ones. If you today are here and, and God is doing what we have asked him to do is let revelation come. Let understanding come. We must be accountable for what the Lord is revealing to us right now. And how many of you know God is a just God? And God is a good God. And God deals with every man and woman based on his character and his justice. But let's not forfeit something God is opening up for us right now because of fear. We stand before God individually. Ryan, I want you to come up here if you would. Ryan, join me up here if you would. I had the wonderful privilege several weeks ago to sit in my office, the other office. Come on up on the platform with me, Ryan. And talk to Ryan. And they had brought their sweet daughter, Marley, to, to the office. She wanted to be baptized. And the more I talked to Ryan, this is a good guy right here. It's a good Kayla. We love Kayla. We love Marley. By the way, just stand right here for just a second. I'm going to let you be admired by the church right now. I just saw Marley back there. Come on, Marley. Come on up here. I see you back there, sweetheart. Come on up here. So I'm sitting in the office with uh, Ryan and Marley. And as a good parent, he's wanting to make sure Marley is understanding baptism and, and ready for baptism. Isn't she a beautiful girl? <clears throat> 
And as we were sitting there talking, Marley was talking about her understanding of baptism. And I obviously lean on parents when they're children to kind of give us a, you live with them. You know what the conversations they've been having and the, the understanding perhaps that they have better than I do because I don't live with them. So I got to talking to Marley. And the more Ryan was talking to me, the more I started thinking, man, he's, he's hungry for baptism too. So I, thought, I said, I'm going to go ahead and walk on in that door right there. And Ryan, you remember, we were sitting in the office. I said, Ryan, I think it's time for you to be baptized in Jesus' name. And we talked about it. And this man went to the scripture and looked at it and talked to his wife about it and examined it in scripture. And then finally said, you know what, I, I, think, I think so. And so this wonderful pair right here on May the 2nd, 2021, Marley, for the first time, was water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. But Ryan, who had been water baptized, not in the name of Jesus before, he said, you know what, that's making sense to me, Pastor, what you're talking about. It is in the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm so thankful that on that Sunday morning, I had the privilege to baptize one person who had never been baptized in Jesus' name, and a second person who had never been baptized in Jesus' name. Ryan, thank you for submitting the water baptism in the name of Jesus. Listen. If Ryan can do it, you can do it. If this man can have it opened up to him, it can happen for you. I'm telling you, I'm telling you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I want you to stand. The Lord said stop right there. I want you to stand. The Lord is speaking to people right now. Listen to this pastor. Listen to me. If you never end up coming long term to this church, please be water baptized in Jesus' name. If life takes you elsewhere or you decide next week you don't like the way the preacher preaches, can I plead with you today? Be water baptized in the name of Jesus. Just stay right here. I like having y'all close to me. I don't know all that God is doing right now, but I know what I feel in the Holy Ghost right now. So last night knowing what I was going to preach, and we got a great team that helped us with water baptisms. You'll see them here. Those that are wanting to be baptized, you'll see them here in just a minute. But I was here in the evening, and I walked into the baptistry area, and I noticed, and I'm going to explain why this is like this, but I walked in there, and they got Brother Josh is our baptistry guy, and he's got all the robes lined up. Because, by the way, you don't have to get in your clothes that you're in now and get baptized. You don't have to go home wet. There's robes, there's towels, you don't have to, you go home in the same dry clothes you came in. But I walked into the room there, and I saw there was an extra large robe, a large robe, a medium robe, and a small robe. And a bunch of like youth smalls and youth larges. And I'm trying my best to be sensitive to the Lord. But see, we just got done with a camp meeting down in Redfield. You've heard us talking about that in a Spanish camp meeting. And so I decided I wanted to let the camp meeting borrow some of our robes. 
so because we have a baptistry down there at the camp meeting and in Spanish camp a week ago they had three that were water baptized in Jesus name using our robes that's pretty cool and so I'm standing you got to get the picture nobody's in the building except me last night I'm standing in the robe room looking at four adult and then some kids and I really felt the Lord impress me you need to go to Redfield you need to get the other robes so you know I'm trying like you I don't claim to be Mr. Hooky Spooky Spiritual all the time. I'm trying to hear God's voice like you hear God's voice. But I made up in my mind, if he's telling me to go to Redfield and get the other robes, I'm going to go get the other robes. So I drove all the way to Redfield. My wife texted me. She said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Redfield because there's robes down there. And just in case, we have two large people. Just in case we need two extra large robes. Just in case we need two medium robes. I want to make sure we have them here. So I'm just real honest with you today. And I'll just, I'll say this and I'm done. And I'll, I'll promise I'll let you guys be seated in a second. But just you standing up here is such a uh, wonderful witness of this sermon today. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to make this real simple. We're going to come forward in just a moment, those of you that would like to come and pray, and we're just going to have a closing prayer together. And then I'm going to ask you, if you're here and the Holy Spirit is giving witness to you that you'd like to be water baptized in the name of Jesus today, we can do that before you leave today. All we need you to do is to wave at somebody, Tap somebody next to you. Let somebody know. And we can water baptize you in Jesus' name. You can walk out of here. And I'll tell you, I've, I've, we've seen a lot of people water baptized here. I've never had one person come back to me protesting. I haven't ever had one person come back and say, you know what? I really wish I would have waited a little longer. So you're not going to regret it today. If, if, would you come? Would you just come? We'll just come and pray together before we, we, we leave and before we make the appeal. Praise God. Y'all can step down there. Thank you. Thank you, Marley. Praise God. Thank you, Jason. Praise God. Now, reason why... Now, one more picture I want to show you. The reason why I feel so passionate about this is because of that. That is my pastor who is now 90, help me, Stacy, 95, 94, 95 years old. He's now 94, 95. And that is your wonderful pastor in the white shirt in the baptistry. All those years ago. Now, here's the neat thing about that. Um, someone asked me one time, do you remember your baptism day? Are you kidding me? Of course I remember. Yes. my. I remember what I was wearing on my baptism yes. day. I told my wife, I said, that makes me feel like a woman saying that, but I, I remember that. <laughs> I was wearing a pair of black pants, white short sleeve shirt, 
And that's me being water baptized in the name of Jesus. And all those years ago, I won't even insult your intelligence. You can figure up how, how long ago that was, over 35 years ago. I have never regretted that decision one day in my life. Amen. I'm thankful that when the word was preached to me, I said, yes, I'm ready to be baptized right now in the name of Jesus Christ. So I appeal to this group right now. I appeal to this wonderful church. Why not today? Why not right now? Let's settle that issue. Let's draw the line and say, this is where I stand. I'll be water baptized in the only way that the scripture teaches, the name of Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me right now? Jesus, I thank you for your word today. Lord, I completely trust your hand is at work right now. Lord, this is where we do our part and now you do your part. Jesus, I thank you for the power of your name, that all-sufficient authority name of Jesus. It was you, Jesus, that said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. So when we call that name of Jesus over someone in baptism, we're calling the powerful, all-saving, all-delivering name of Jesus, the one that can conquer sin, the one that can deliver and set free. And God, I pray that you will tenderize every one of our hearts to be obedient to the word of God today. And I will thank you, I will give you praise, and I will give you glory in Jesus' wonderful name. In Jesus' wonderful name. Now, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I know that perhaps, and I think it's probably pretty clear to me, that when I ask you to do what I'm going to ask you to do, there will be a whole lot of people that will say yes, but there are some people who will say no, not yet. So I'm asking you not to do this flippantly, even if you think you know, but I just simply want you to turn to someone near. You don't have to shout it. You don't have to holler it. But I just simply want you to turn to someone near you and say, have you been water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins? Just ask them that right now. Please don't be flippant. Don't, don't, don't be, be casual about it. Just ask them. Just ask them. Okay? All right. Now, that's quick. Everybody look right up here at Pastor. That doesn't take a long time. Look up here at Pastor. If there are people that answered no, I've never, I've been baptized, but it wasn't in the name of Jesus, but you feel that nudge to be baptized today, just quickly, would you wave at me? I want to see you. I want to see you. Anybody here that feels the urge to be baptized in the name of Jesus, we trust the Lord. His word has been declared. Anybody here today that you feel that nudge? Amen. They're, they're visiting with our children next door. And obviously, parents, we would go with your, your thoughts on that as well. But here's what, here's what I know. The Word of God is so powerful and so quick. And there's going to be people that you, this sermon is going to live on and on and on and on. And you're going to see the glory of God come in the understanding and the revelation that will come through Jesus' name baptism. We are here ready to baptize you in the name of Jesus. Would you pray with me again right now? Jesus, I thank you. You are so good, God. You are so good. Thank you that there are so many people here right now in this room and watching online that are now accountable for what the Word of God says about Jesus' name, baptism. I give you the praise for what you're going to continue to do, how you're going to soften hearts, Lord, how families are going to come to that decision together, Lord. I praise you, I glorify you, God. I worship you, Lord Jesus. 
and I thank you in advance for all you're going to do, but what you are doing right now. Thank you for doing it, Lord. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. If somebody was around you and they said, they may not have wanted to raise their hand, but they said to you, yeah, I, I feel that urge. Let us know that. We can baptize you before you leave today. In the great name of Jesus Christ. I pray that this is a tremendous start to the month of August for you. I believe August is going to be a powerful, powerful time in the spirit. Amen. Don't forget, Wednesday night's a real important night. We're going to be talking to you about some exciting schedule augments that we're making in the couple, next couple of weeks. We want you to be here to, to hear all about that. It has to do with our families as well. Amen. Why don't you greet some people on your way out of here? Let them know you're happy they came to new life. They're happy that, that worshiping God. If you want to be baptized, come and talk to me. Talk to me. We're ready. We're ready. Wonderful. Let's sing. Let's sing, Sister Lindsay. Hallelujah. Oh, I love you, Lord. I praise you, Jesus. Oh, what a Savior. He's